Welcome back. I'm Carolyn Stain, and you're listening to Classic Lunch. Well, today marks the last in my series of interviews with fearless women, proudly brought to you by First for Women Insurance here on Classic 1027 this Women's Month. I've had the enormous pleasure of speaking to some truly remarkable and inspiring women from all walks of life over the past four weeks. And I thought, what better way to top it all off than with my next guest? She's an African stateswoman who has dedicated her life to improving the fate of women and children, inspiring hope in us all. In 1997, she was made an honorary dame by Queen Elizabeth for her humanitarian work. She is one of a select group of public figures known as the Elders, which also includes former Irish President Mary Robinson, former UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon, and Archbishop Emeritus Desmond Tutu. And she's the only woman in modern history to have served as the First Lady of two different countries. Of course, I'm talking about Mrs. Grasser Michelle, and she joins me here on the show all the way from Mozambique. Hello, Mrs. Michelle. Thanks so much for agreeing to speak to me on Classic Lunch this afternoon. Hi, Caroline. I'm so happy to hear your voice in this virtual world in which we are. The connection, the best of it is the voice. How are you? Absolutely. I'm doing very well. And I must say, its I know you're a very, very busy woman, but it really is such an incredible honor to have you on our show. Uh, Grasa, I've known you for many years, and we've worked together on some projects recently in Mozambique. Actually, I think it was about a year ago now. And there's some things that we've never really spoken about. And one of the things is your childhood, growing up as a young woman in Mozambique, your dreams as a little girl. Can you tell us a bit more about growing up? You know, my childhood is uh, equal to millions of uh, girls who were brought up by a single mother. In my case, my mother was a widow when I was born. Six of us struggling to feed us, struggling to send us to school in a very poor rural areas of Mozambique. So I am one of those still young girls who are, the, are facing the same kind of uh, deprivation, some kind of scan of struggles, and who simply have in their heart and minds the fire of uh, overcoming those uh, circumstances and to have the opportunity to choose the path they want to follow. So um, that's me. I mean, uh, I would say simply that I was very, very fortunate to be born within a family with, with a strong sense of solidarity strong sense of dignity. So despite our material needs, we are a very dignified family and uh, we were brought up really in those values which uh, have made me the kind of a person I am today. Mm. You know, I learned in life that uh, it's not in the circumstances of the place or of the family in which you are born which make you. 
is the choices you make. The choice you made initially was was that of being a school teacher and you went on to be appointed the first education minister of Mozambique. What made you decide on that particular career path? You know, in the environment I grew up, there were no many choices, to be honest. So the person in my village who was inspiring, it would be a teacher. At the beginning, that was my aspiration. But fortunately, uh, when I'm opened up to other uh, possibilities, that's when I joined, for instance, the second option of my life, it was to join the liberation struggle of Mozambique. And that was the opening of this grassa to the world. And whatever has happened after that, it was really for the opportunity which I have had to be a freedom fighter. Grassi, you've become known as a world figure. The journey couldn't have been easy. What do you feel was the biggest stumbling block in getting to where you wanted to go as a woman? You know, as a woman, is <laughs> <laughs> mostly the, what we call uh, social norms, and uh, some people will call them cultural norms, but I prefer to call them social norms and traditional. This has been a distrumbling block for uh, any one of us until today. You might have, I mean, brilliant ideas. You might have be professionally, I mean, uh, very successful. You might have a family which is caring and loving. But every time when you, you, you embrace a social issues, you want to remove barriers for other women, social norms and traditional norms will come strong and to make it so, so, so difficult to achieve that equality which we wish, we wish for every single woman, every single girl. Equality is made extremely difficult because of those walls which were built and the walls we call so uh, social norms and the traditional norms, and globally we call them, I mean, the patriarchal norms. This is the biggest issue. It doesn't matter who you are, you try, but you will be always reminded that you have to break that. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why you started the Grasa Michelle Trust in 2010. Can you tell us a bit more about the work that the Trust does, particularly in relation to economic and social advancement of women? Um, I realized that in the many decades of uh, my involvement in uh, women's rights, we have made some progress, significant progress in uh, women political participation. You can see now it's not a taboo anymore to have uh, women in uh, high positions politically, including now having heads of states who are women. But in the economic sphere, Caroline, <laughs> if you close your eyes, you try to see across the globe and say, who are really the successful women in the economic sphere? You will count perhaps with you with your hands mm. and uh, the, the 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 possibility and the opportunity of a woman getting assets to assets to own business 
in our case in on the continent to own land which is the the biggest asset you can have it's it's still a huge a huge uh, uh, stumbling block so i decided that i should contribute to open uh, spaces and to open doors for african women to move as a collective not as individual as a collective to remove the barriers which are keeping women outside the economic uh, the economic sphere and to make really a significant progress in that so it is just a space in which we decided to work through networks because we believe no matter individuals who can be successful but they will not remove uh, systems do not change systems alone but if you work with the collectives as networks which we have you start from the country level where you are national issues you take them to the sub region you take them to the continent then you will make progress it will take time but you will make progress if you work as a collective so that's the reason why i established the resolution first we work through different networks and uh, you know if we had the time one day i can tell you what i believe are the progress we have been made so far Mm, absolutely. I know this. We can talk about this for many, many hours. Uh, Grasse, it's Women's Month, as you know, here in South Africa. And one of the biggest problems we face is the issue of gender-based violence. How do you think we can try to solve it, if at all? Oh, yes. We have to believe that we will, we will succeed. Uh, although we are absolutely aware that it's, uh, it, it is going to be a long and difficult journey. But it comes to what I mentioned at the beginning. Uh, why a man would believe that he owes, he owns, I'm sorry, he owns a woman. He can do of her whatever he wishes. That's that patriarchal, you know, uh, uh, thinking and culture, which I mentioned at the beginning. These are the social norms which put men in a position of power. And they socialize girls and women to believe that they, they, they have to be submissive, they have to please, and even to affirm themselves, they will have to sacrifice the identity and dignity. So it's two ways. In one, it's really to raise the confidence of women to say, my identity and my dignity is not negotiable. I am, I have the right, I have to affirm and assert myself as individual. But on the other hand is to educate men to say, you know, you are simply a human being with the same kind of dignity like a, a, a woman. You don't own anyone. You don't have the special rights, I mean, over other individual. And in a relationship, which in many cases, it's a relationship of love, then you have to accept each other, you have to respect each other, you have to care for the dignity of each other. And nothing, absolutely nothing, gives you the right to raise your hand against a woman simply because she is a woman. Mm -hmm. It's a long process. And of course, we use the legal system to support this, but it is in the minds of people. It is mostly in the minds of people. Laws will help, judiciary system will help, 
but it is a societal change, societal transformation, which is really the key for us to move together to a world of equality. Grasso, you've inspired so many women here in South Africa and, of course, all around the world. But I want to know, who is the fearless woman that inspires Grasso Michelle? (laughs) You'll be surprised. It's not one. My inspiration comes from the millions, indeed, millions of women I have, some I have met, others I have come across with these stories. It is the struggle women have been waging which inspires me. It is looking at my own uh, trajectory and my own story and say, if I could make it to be where I am, it is because the millions who are still not having the same opportunities and possibilities, they also can do it. And I'm inspired to continue to fight with them and for them. That's my inspiration. It's not one single person, although there are people I admire, but my inspiration are those women out there in our townships, in our rural areas, in schools where they are teaching a, 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 a woman who teaches 100 kids under a tree. It's, it's the, those kind of stories who keep me going and to say, I have no right to rest. I still have to continue to fight. Well, normally at this point in the interview, we play a song or some music, um, but you've chosen a poem called Phenomenal Woman, written and read by Dr. Maya Angelou. Why this particular poem? This poem tells all of it. It tells about a woman who is... Uh, so proud of being a female. And uh, she sees herself as as a woman, as a special being, simply because she's a woman. But it is a poem which talks about the the qualities, the inner qualities of what from inside a woman feels, yes, I am, I'm here. And this space, and even to say I'm unique, you see, so it's, it's inspiring to me, this poem, because both as a female, but also as a strong human being from inside who doesn't really doubt herself, you know? And because I think it's one of those issues, many times we doubt ourselves. But if you read the, the, that poem, you'll feel she is absolutely a whole, she is full, she is unique, and she just knows that her space is hers only. And so I like that poem because of that. Well, let's take a listen to Dr. Maya Angelou reading Phenomenal Women. That was Phenomenal Woman and read by Dr. Maya Angelou, which is the choice of my very honored guest on this afternoon's show, Mrs. Grassa Michelle. Grasso, we began talking about your early life growing up in Mozambique. If you could go back in time with, of course, the benefit of hindsight, what would you tell your younger self now? Hmm. I would tell her to just to, to believe in herself and to nurture that inner self, which when you are too young, you are not strong enough to understand that uh, everyone, including your family, 
effort to respect. Many times when we are young, we are protected, but we are not respected. Mm-hmm. Our identity and our own dignity. I have I've to ed- learn this as I grow, that uh, this is me. And, uh, you know, but it, it, you develop as you grow. When you are too young, it's very difficult to develop and to protect for yourself that space. So because we are in a world where now young women are much open to learn, to listen, I would advise them to take that journey much earlier than I had to do it so that they build their self-confidence and they protect themselves much earlier and never, absolutely never allow anyone, I mean, to humiliate them, to make them feel small, to make them feel incomplete. You see, if I would be able to say this to young women in Southern Africa, I would say part of the struggles we have with gender-based violence would be overcome because women wouldn't simply, they would not allow it to happen. They wouldn't allow it to happen. But so far, it's, it's still a long way. And this is what I would tell them. I, 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 was, I was very lucky. Fortunately, I was very lucky to have a family which never, never, never tried, I mean, to make me feel small. I was the youngest, but not, not the small. But it, not all girls are educated in that environment. And it makes a huge difference. You've certainly given us a lot to think about, Mrs. Michelle. Thanks so much for joining me. It's really been such an incredible honor speaking to you again. And I really hope I get to see you in person soon. <laughs> we are neighbors, you know, and I would I like know. really to be able to come to, to Joburg again. I hope so. Now the situation in South Africa is improving, so I'm hoping to be able to come and we have tea together. That would be lovely. I, I sent you a picture the other day of a springbok visiting your house. <laughs> <laughs> it was so beautiful. Thank I mean, you. I enjoyed that very much. Thank you. Thanks so much, Grasso. That was the formidable, the inspiring, the truly fearless Mrs. Grasso Michelle.